Support for this podcast and the following messages comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, proud to support the many Texas businesses who make safety their number one priority in the workplace. More information about Safety Focus Workers' Comp available at WorkSafeTexas.com. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, The One Life, Part 2. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, the founder of Lucy's Trust. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show, as is the following thought. The challenge for humanity is to drop all antagonisms and antipathies all hatred and racial differences, and attempt to live in terms of the one family, the one life, and the one humanity. You know, I'd like to recap on part one of the one life, but uh, I'd also like to ask this question, too. I'm giving you kind of a challenge here with the two jobs, but uh, the question of the one life, it seems awfully complex. how do we make sense of this concept? And perhaps uh, in answering that question, you can kind of include that recap of, la- of last week's show, part one. Well, the very question that you've posed, how do we make sense of a subject as complex as the one life, is kind of a, a conundrum because the one can't be complex. It's utterly unified. But... The complexity of it enters in as we try to process the idea of one life with our minds. That's the only way we can grasp it at this stage of evolution. And yet the mind has a tendency to break things down, to compartmentalize and differentiate and uh, fragment one reality, one life, into a multitude of um, uh, facets, you should say. Like a a diamond uh, is emitting life through all kinds of different facets and from each angle there's a different color of the spectrum being radiated yet it's one source, one diamond and so it is with the one life. We talked last time about the difficulty of grasping a subject of complete unity using the mind which tends to differentiate and we talked about 
the language inevitably giving way to duality because we become the perceiver, the observer, as we try to talk about anything, including absolute unity. Right there, as we try to define it and discuss it, we're differentiating ourselves from it. We're standing apart from it and observing it, aren't we? And that's a duality right there. So, given those basic flaws in our approach, what can we say about the one life in terms of review? Well, there was that beautiful quote from the books of Alice Bailey that I mentioned. She wrote that a grub or a worm working out its little life in a mass of decaying substance is as much a spiritual manifestation as an initiate is working out his destiny in a mass of rapidly changing human forms. It's all manifested Deity, she said, it's all divine expression and all a form of sensitive awareness and response to the environment and therefore a form of conscious expression. Even a grub or a worm is a form of conscious expression of the one life. Yeah, this is a rather difficult concept to grasp, I think, this this whole concept of the one life. And that's why we're taking the time to uh, go over it again and repeat some of the things we've said before because it's um, <clears throat> the, the idea that there is just one life that pervades everything on this planet including the planet itself and uh, it's the one life of God and the uh, analogy we mentioned last time was the you have within you your the, the life of your your being, your body, is the greater life of all the uh, atoms and of molecules that make up your body. You are the greater life, but it's one life that animates the whole body. And um, on a larger mac macrocosmic scale, we are the atoms in the greater body of God. And it's the one life of God that... Uh, animates us and uh, every uh, everything in the animal kingdom and the vegetable kingdom and the mineral kingdom and it's all uh, it all hangs together if you will by this one great life of god what you're saying <coughs> implies that we should be more respectful of our our little lives our bodies uh, that are constituted of these little lives and uh, be more cautious about what we feed it and put into it and uh, what thoughts and ideas we allow to enter into our minds. Is that what you're implying? Well, certainly, yes. No more chocolate? Well, no draw more, the line no there. No more Coke? <laughs> well, you, you have to, you can overindulge and, yes. and, and that's, a, that's a baddie. That's one. <clears throat> but... Um, but in, balance in all things. Keeping a balance in all things. Moderation in, in all things mm -hmm. is the great saying. And uh, yes, we have to take take care of our bodies because it is kind of the, the sacred vessel that uh, for this particular lifetime is endeavoring to express some quality, uh, some quality in the nature of God. This concept of the one life is a fascinating one to me. There's a word for it, a monism, M-O-N-I-S-M. The uh, idea of a wholeness or a unity to life runs through a number of world religions. In fact, it's said that the ancient Greeks 
had a belief that there was one life behind all outer manifestation. Perhaps the religion that most deeply expresses this realization is Hinduism, which defines the one life as Brahman, and which um, says that there is simply one, and that all outer manifestation is a reflection, a fragment of that one, and that the one is composed of the formed and the formless. That which is formed is unreal, according to this doctrine of Brahman. The formless is what is real. And the doctrine of Maya says that the unmanifest, the unformed, is the source and the ground of all manifested things and beings, including you and me. But that these manifested things, us, are not wholly real. Only the hidden Brahman is utterly real and imperishable. If you think long enough about that, it alters your whole outlook to the world and the outer planes of life you begin to realize that everything that seems so tangible, so real, so obviously substantial, is in fact a kind of a mirage because it veils the real life behind it. And it's, it's, it's one of those... It's, what's interesting is this concept uh, of the one life can be very uplifting and can be very... Um, um, extensive and inclusive and once it begins to become anchored in one's consciousness then it begins to you have a sense that you are part of everything else you are a unity with everything else and that begins to change your whole sense of values in life and what you value the most and it is very good for the diminishing of the little ego and uh, because that's essentially what eventually has to happen is the the diminishing of the small ego, the personal self, and the more bringing into prominence the greater self of the soul, and uh, where the the consciousness of the soul will um, automatically be that of inclusiveness and unity and uh, of oneness. And yet the whole thrust of modern life, at least in the Western world, seems to be toward the heightening and strengthening of the separated self, the outer, uh, independent, seemingly independent ego, mm-hmm. to get it more money, to get it more uh, of a prominence in society, to make it more powerful, to make it more beautiful, to make it more popular, whatever your goals are. It's all about strengthening that um, independent self that one identifies with. So if you start to really ponder and reflect on the idea that all, all of us and all things upon the earth are the manifestations of one life, it cuts away at that drive to be separate and dominant. Yes, and that's that's the one of the good things about it. it or one of the painful things. One of the painful things <laughs> because uh, it sets up a, a, a whole new idea that uh, is in direct contrast to the standard way of life today. It's, uh, we live in a very competitive society where um, it's 
encouraged to be that individual and to to uh, uh, express your individuality, uh, which comes from within you, and that is a proper uh, stage that everyone has to go through and every society has to go through. But uh, I think we're at a stage now where there are many, many thousands of people in the world that are beginning to question that, and they're they are um, beginning to sense that greater life out there and they want to cooperate with that. It's beginning to uh, affect their consciousness in, in ways that uh, lead to um, more um, philanthropic work and uh, service work in the world. And uh, this is the, uh, the effect of the, of the soul, I think, making an impact. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. <clears throat> Our topic for today, The One Life, Part 2. And sometimes people attempt to get in touch with us for a variety of different reasons. You're certainly welcome to do so. And if you'd like to give us a call, and that call might be for the purpose of ordering books, uh, cassette tapes of the radio shows, uh, uh, a schedule of our meditation meetings, or a package of general information uh, you can give us a, a call at one eight six six. That's a toll-free number. One eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. That's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Lucis is L U C I S. Our website www.lucistrust.org. Again. You can find out a lot of information about uh, Lucis Trust, but just by keying into that website, uh, there, there's so much on there. But uh, a lot of people t uh, key into the website for the purpose of listening to the previously archived library of radio shows. So once again, that website is www.lucistrust.org. Uh, as far as books, you're certainly welcome to uh, give us a call, order any of the 24 volumes. I started off with the... Uh, the autobiography of Alice Bailey, uh, the founder of Lucy's Trust. I enjoyed it very much. And then I followed that up with a book called Ponder on This, which is uh, good because it's a compilation. It's more or less an overview of all of the work, and, much, and it's all abridged in Ponder on This. But uh, the important thing about it is it uh, more or less gives you an idea of which topics uh, you, you'd like to approach uh, First, it uh, encourages you to develop an order of priority about which of the larger books to uh, to approach according to your own uh, interests. So once again, if you're interested in books or uh, uh, any of the foregoing um, uh, subjects, meditation meetings uh, or the or triangles, which we've talked about at other times, give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. Uh, or easy way one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. Uh, we appreciate your deduction, your uh, your donations. By the way, they're all tax deductible. And if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to send us uh, donations, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, certainly, as indication of your support, and uh, it's what keeps us on the air and keeps these radio shows going. Uh, send checks or a money order. By the way, they're tax deductible. Send checks or a money order to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005.
zero five. And uh, I'm kind of confused, uh, Sarah and Dale. I was listening to what you said before <coughs> about um, about how the true reality is really the uh, uh, the spiritual world, and out of the spiritual world, world form is manifested, meaning that who we are right now is uh, physicality, and it's kind of disturbing to me because does that mean uh, that we in the physical form, that uh, does it mean that uh, that we're worthless? I mean, what's no. our purpose in this particular, uh, no. if, if we're not real, if this is part of unreality, then what is the purpose of uh, this existence then, according to well, Alice Valley? that's a huge question that the greatest minds from the dawn of time have been wrestling with. I mean, that is the essential question about why are we here? And if we start to study mythology and religion and so on, you find that uh, to be human is to ask this question. I think it's mm-hmm. not only perfectly normal, it's essential that we ask this. Why am I here? Why are we here? Nobody knows. It's a mystery. And I think the fact that it's a mystery has a point to it because it puts us on a quest that makes us plow through one veil after another in search of the essence of life, which is not found on the outer planes of um, material well-being or health or happiness or creativity or anything. And yet those outer planes have a point or we wouldn't be here. So what's the point, even though they're not the end result or the end goal? The best I can figure is that the divinity, which we call God or deity, through manifestation gains a sense of his experience in the material realm. The Age of Wisdom says that matter is spirit on its lowest level and spirit is matter on its highest level and that they are one. But that spirit in manifesting through matter, through form, gains some kind of quickening through the experience of being bound uh, to matter. A sensitization occurs. The development of the senses and of awareness occur. And those are necessary for the evolution of, of matter. Matter cannot evolve without that quickening by spirit. Our problem as human beings is that we identify only with the material side and not with the spiritual side. We need to treat our bodies and our material circumstances with respect and care and with integrity, but we need to remember that this is not the reality behind life, that the formless world is the real uh, plane of um, the real plane of reality. I run out of words, but hopefully you follow mm-hmm. me. Yes, it's, it's difficult to know exactly uh, what God has in mind, uh, you know, what the purpose behind this whole planet is and our reason for being here, but we are essentially agents uh, in this great plan, agents of God. Uh, that's why we are needed uh, in the world, uh, not for ourselves, but just to eventually become reflectors of the great uh, quality that God is attempting to work out and demonstrate and radiate through the forms in this world. And gradually the forms become more rarefied 
and purified and redeemed, and that's the whole purpose behind the, the work of the Christ, the great Redeemer, is to uplift and purify the uh, essential physical world so it becomes more translucent and reflective of the greater will of God, what he has in mind, the great intention it's, that's in his mind. Uh, he's been called the great sacrifice. And uh, he, uh, th- there is a, a deep spiritual law, the law of sacrifice, and he works through that law. And it comes into play when he undertook to create this planet. And by limiting his own powers, he, uh, he underwent this, uh, this great sacrifice. One of the problems I've always had with um, one aspect of traditional religion is the teaching that we are all sinners and if we don't straighten up and commit ourselves to um, a particular spiritual path, we will be subject to damnation and hell and so on. I've always rejected that idea, as I think many people do, because it goes against the intuition. The intuition tells us that We are human, therefore God loves us, and we are essentially of his substance. We are made in the image of God, the Bible tells us. And Hinduism says, thou art that, you are divinity. Well, if so, how come I'm such a mortal and frail human being? Because we're not perfected, and I'm not saying that we are God, but we are of that substance. There are some beautiful realizations that might help us understand this. One that comes from a German uh, theological tract says that goodness doesn't need to enter into the soul, for it is already there. It's only unperceived. And I find that much closer to my understanding of the, the human being's potential. It is good, we are good, if we would only recognize it and live as if we realize we are good. What use is it to tell people they are sinners and damned and worthless if they don't meet a certain standard of uh, faith? I don't find that particularly inspiring. Aldous Huxley wrote that we are saved and we are liberated and enlightened by perceiving the hitherto unperceived good that is already within us by returning to our eternal source and remaining where without knowing we've always been. We haven't left God. We've just lost our awareness of being of his substance. And that all began as a process of uh, involution way, way back in uh, way back in the dawn of time, didn't it? Well, yes. There, um, there are two paths uh, in manifestation, one that is involutionary or downward into matter more and more, and one that is evolutionary. It would be a mistake to think of this journey toward the one as implying that everything that we do and experience and create is all to the good. I don't think so. I think we can make choices and hold values that truly are involutionary in the sense that they foster deeper embeddedment, if there's such a word, in matter, in materialism. Or we can choose values and uh, goals that lead toward the evolution of our essential spiritual being. And the evolutionary path is deep into material substance. 
apparently that's necessary for a certain part of the cycle but as one becomes a conscious growing growingly conscious uh, soul you realize that the material realm is not the goal of life that the formless realm is yes and that's that's essentially what we are part of that uh, the formless aspect of life the uh, formless is the really the real part with a capital r what we call the soul belongs <coughs> to that realm mm-hmm. in a sense right yes and consciousness and the higher consciousness exists in that realm and that that is where the reality really exists and that is the uh, the permanent part the the life of form in the form world is very temporary and we know just our our own um, physical world is very temporary it keeps changing and uh, forms come and forms go and that's the way it's supposed to be nothing should be um, static or stationary I suppose that um, this this search for this formless realm comes by looking for the light within us we can't find this path toward the toward the one by counting on anything outside of ourselves because if there is one life that life exists within us and we can't go anywhere but look within ourselves for it I think this is why the Buddha said be a lamp unto your own feet look not to anyone outside yourselves for help because we have the light the awareness within us if we create enough silence and meditation and uh, reflective um, searching in our own consciousness we can find that um, awareness of the one life within us not by turning constantly to sources outside ourselves for uh, some kind of rescue or salvation mm-hmm. there's, um, there's a wonderful mantra or prayer that many people say each day that might help awaken that sense of being part of the one life it says may the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers may the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones may I fulfill my part in the one work through self-forgetfulness harmlessness and right speech if anyone would like a card copy of that mantra they can call us and we'd be glad to send it to them please take advantage of the um, offer that Sarah just uh, mentioned uh, what would you call that uh, mantra again? the mantra of the new group of world servers okay, and if you'd like that we'd certainly be happy to send that out to you give us a call for, uh, for that mantra and we'll ship it out to you free of charge and also, if you'd like to call us for any other reason, if you'd like a general package of information, uh, you can certainly ask us for one. It, will, it tells you a lot about Lucis Trust. Or if you'd like to order books or uh, find out about our meditation meetings, once again, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. And the easier way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. That's, uh, think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. 
You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.